0: Gonzales, repentant sinner, and along with Amity Armstrong, your heavenly host, I invite you to find a place in the pew for today's painless Sunday School lesson, Without Works. We're continuing to fight the good fight and punching the religious right directly in the hypocrite, an organ located where the heart should be.
1: This week, a touch of good news with a large group of clergy finally taking a stand on the right side of history, and then we get further into our
0: series on creationism. First up, let's stand up and testify. I said I wasn't gonna testify, but I couldn't keep it to my soul. Oh, I could keep it to myself. So oh, I could keep it to myself. I said I wasn't gonna testify, but I couldn't
1: keep it to myself what the Lord has done, done for me. The term therapy is thorny, and that's where I want to start. Therapy, when used correctly is a psychological tool used to help with disorders or problematic thought or behavior patterns that an individual has determined are detrimental to their standard of life. No two people are the same in their tolerance for or impact from any of the reasons a person may seek therapy. There are many forms of therapy, from cognitive behavioral, where you learn new strategies to deal with behavior you don't want to continue, or talk therapy where you drill down via conversation to the issues that you have today and what may be causing them. There are multiple modes and reasons for therapy, and generally I am in favor of most of them. I start there to say that conversion therapy is a bastardization of the term therapy, and I don't even like using it. Mm. For the purposes of this brief discussion, though, it's a term we'll use because it is the term that has been given to the heinous practice of treatments which aims to change a person's sexual orientation or to suppress a person's gender identity. It can range from electric shock treatment to religious teachings or talk therapies designed to change someone's sexuality. The practice has in the past included severe methods like institutionalization and castration. It's barbaric, often coercive or forced, and it flat out doesn't work. The American Medical Association and the American Psychological Association have condemned the practice. It's already outlawed in Switzerland and areas of Australia, Canada, and the U.S., but all the legislation in the United States specifically tackles bans on conversion therapy by licensed healthcare professionals and practicing on minors. These laws leave a gap for religious or spiritual providers to continue to carry out the practice. But we're here to talk some good news on the possible widening of bans. As of last month, more than 370 religious leaders from around the world are calling for a global ban on conversion therapy. A declaration spearheaded by the Global Interfaith Commission on LGBT Plus Lives also calls for an end to violence and criminalization against LGBTQ people. Uh, This is a quote from the commission. Uh, We recognize certain religious teachings have, throughout the ages, been misused to cause deep pain and offense to those who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and intersex, the commission said in a statement. This must change. Some of the most prominent leaders who signed the declaration include Archbishop Emeritus, (laughs) Desmond Tutu of South Africa, Uh 1984 Nobel Peace Prize winner. Mm-hmm. Rabbi Mel Gottlieb, the president of the American acad- or of the Academy for Jewish Religion, and the, the Reverend John C. Dorhauer, the general minister and president of the United Church of Christ, and the Reverend Michael Ray Matthews, president of the Alliance of Baptists.
0: So this is an interfaith group. Indeed. That is coming together to end this practice. To call for a global ban on this practice. Okay. Yes. Uh, so I think, you said parts of the United States. Does that mean that there's regions where it's still legal? to? It's
1: only been outlawed in 20 states. Wow. And only on either minors or by licensed uh, medical professionals.
0: So that's why religious people who take a course are feel qualified to...
1: Right. And there's no law stopping uh-huh. pastors or ministers uh-huh. from performing various versions of conversion therapy. Mm. And our current vice president well when this
0: as of the airing of this as episode as of the airing
1: of this episode yes. he will no longer he will be our former vice president right. but as of the recording of this episode our current vice president Mike Pence is a proponent
0: of conversion therapy so or I'm,
1: has been a proponent um, of conversion therapy.
0: I'm not really familiar with how it's supposed to work. The idea is to change the orientation of young people. When they're anyone, still
1: valuable? Anyone. Okay. But um, typically it is started by, uh, at the behest of parents, when they feel like their child is wrong somehow, mm. whether they are um, leaning towards a transgender, whether they are queer in some form, whether they just are not conforming to the standards of masculinity or femininity, whatever those are dictated by the parents to be mm. uh and it, as i said it has included extreme uh forms of physical uh and psychological torture basically uh things like electrodes on certain parts of your body
0: so sort of aversion therapy you aversion
1: heard. therapy okay. yes and then being shown images of same mm-hmm. sex or um same gender relations and being shocked or yeah yes it's terrible I mean, and it's torture it's it's, it's yeah. torture it is a that's why the term therapy i don't even like using it in 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 this context because mm-hmm. therapy is a positive tool um most of the time but this is not that, and also it, sh- it just doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't work, and so do more often than the not supply. 20 years down the line uh-huh. people who pro- are proponents of it worked for me come out as
0: I'm gay, I'm still gay
1: I'm just not living the
0: life so, that I want to be living. How do we know about the methods? Are the quote-unquote therapists open about what kind of techniques they're using, or are these people who've come out of that who've expressed... Uh,
1: I think the the harsher techniques are kept under wraps until they're discovered by, or outed by, um, either people who were performing the techniques and realized what they were doing was uh, absolutely terrible, or people who had it done to them and then, you know, whistle blew. There are still camps and groups and, you know, it's it's also under the guise of Pray the Gay Away and things like mm-hmm. that, um, which often do more than pray.
0: Yeah, this is, um. yeah, it's very disturbing to find out this is still going on.
1: Yeah, and it's wild to me, um, if you believe that God, if that we are created in God's image, then we are created the way that we're supposed to be. That this would even be a thing, but hypocrisy—it rains. Yes,
0: I (laughs) am just. uh, It occurred to me. I was trying to remember the name of the method in *A Clockwork Orange*. Oh, I don't. That I uh, blocked that story from my mind, and so I do not. The the idea that you somehow make it so physically painful Mm -hmm. to. um, Well, in his in that character's case. To commit acts of violence. Right. They just sort of key it up so that the, he experiences terrible physical pain. Mm-hmm. And even the process in that film is made to look torturous. Yes. And, so, and yeah. it is it that is similar to mm-hmm. the things that they would do.
1: Um worse than the past, I'm sure there are still places where it's um still pretty barbaric. Uh I think my understanding is there are some places in Africa. That's why I think Desmond Tutu is a big deal on this okay. one. Um, because there are still a lot of places in Africa where being gay is is um banned and illegal. Mm-hmm. And so in desperation, there are some pretty heinous, desperate acts to try and change a person that you care about yeah. so that they aren't thrown in prison or killed. Uh
0: The fact that it's still illegal in places, I I don't understand I mean, Russia, too. Yeah.
1: I mean, that was a big thing when uh, the Olympics were in Sochi. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Whether, you know, it was the Winter Olympics and there were um, athletes across the spectrum who were like, am I going to be killed? Mm -hmm. Because I'm an out person.
0: Right.
1: And now I'm going to go to this place where my existence is illegal uh, and I'm, you know, wearing my name on my chest. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like it's not, you,
0: you know, like exactly. And, yeah. So, um, well, it's the beginning, I guess. Um, it's, it's a major step, but it's come far too far in the process.
1: Yeah. I, it's, I, it's 2020. Yeah, right. it's 2021. This, this resolution was yeah. made in 2020.
0: Okay.
1: Um, At the very end of 2020. Yeah. So, yeah, that's way too long.
0: There needs to be some sort of process of reconciliation just with, as an outreach. (laughs) I remember when I was younger, there was a church, and I don't know, I don't, I can't believe that this pastor, there was an elderly woman, uh, actually participated in anything like conversion therapy, but her church was meant to be a sanctuary for women who turned their back on the lesbian lifestyle, as she put it. And so, her church was populated by a group of women who were convinced that what they had done in the past was simple and wrong, and they were now trying to find a different lifestyle.
1: And many uh, of them found it, I'm sure, with men right. who had determined that their gay lifestyle was mm-hmm. in, w- was um, wrong. Right. Uh, a lot of these couples
0: uh-huh. that
1: come out of these therapies and these groups are gay men and lesbians who, you know, reach an agreement. Neither of them want to have a physical relationship with the other, so they're able to live in a relatively heteronormative In this particular case,
0: um, (laughs) a lot of these were just unmarried women who were going into uh, middle age, kind of unpartnered. And it just seemed... uh, from the outside, it seems sort of sad they were very unhappy with the way that they were mm-hmm. and still trying to establish some sort of sense of community through the Church. And this is the only way the Church would accept them. And the good thing now, as opposed to 20 years ago, or 30 years ago when I saw this, is that there are a growing number of communities like the Episcopal Church and the mm-hmm. Methodist Church, even though it, you know, it, it caused great day trouble there. <laughs> well, the idea is that they opened up to... Saying we're going to reject an enforcement of heteronormative behavior, and simply accept people for whatever they bring to the church, mm-hmm. and so that people can have a sense of community without joining this tiny little church that was tucked and away or just somewhere.
1: hiding. Yeah, I mean that's that's what a big part of the, even the more progressive churches in the U.S. for a long time were still. You can be gay, mm-hmm. but you can't act on it.
0: Right and that was one of the decisions that came up in the Catholic Church uh when I was younger the idea that we don't need to know
1: and it was a, a right, like but not only we
0: version don't, of don't ask don't tell but but we but also
1: yeah. you can't have a relationship right. you can't actively be homosexual even though it w- mm-hmm. well, <laughs> I, I've, there are you know many gay comics and things and they're like like ninety nine point nine percent of what I do is it, right. gay, <laughs> right? Like the sex part of someone's life is typically a fairly small percentage of time of yeah of their overall life. <laughs> so, but it is an important part to many, if not most, people. Right. And to have people be forced to. Be alone. As I saw,
0: as, uh, that was the example of I saw from this particular church. Really, pretty terrible. Yeah, these were not necessarily happy people. I saw what they got from being in that community was a group of people who learned to kind of adjust and lower their expectations about what they got out of life. Right. Exactly. And so it didn't seem like anyone there was particularly happy.
1: Yeah, that seems right.
0: And, uh, and and then
1: if they did find somebody that they were...
0: It was considered a failure, right. I suppose, if you found somebody.
1: A- and, and you'd be expelled from this community that right. quote-unquote accepted
0: you, but clearly didn't. No, 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 no it didn't. <laughs> I, I, I think that it's the... the and It's it, it, always is surprising to me the lengths that people went to to try to change other people's behavior. Yeah. And curb Especially...
1: It the 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 pro- people's problems with homosexuality is are, is baffling to me. Uh-huh. It's uh, similarly baffling as the people's problems with other people's race. Like mm-hmm. this is just who they are and right. unless you are a potential partner it really doesn't affect you. It doesn't you. affect you in any so way, shape, or form. So why do you care? And the the idea of I just don't want to picture them Together. And I'm like, don't. Don't. I have many friends who are in couples, and never do I picture them together. Because A, that is a violation of their privacy, (laughs) and B, we're all people. Like, uh, once again, unless I'm going to be a participating Mm. partner with this person... There are a host of things about their sexuality There's and their proclivities, et cetera, et cetera, that I don't need the to number know. Of
0: behaviors that I don't care to picture people in. Yeah. So, possibly because I'm germaphobic.
1: It's none uh, of our business.
0: <laughs> right, it's not... It's. And not it doesn't affect
1: our relationships with them uh-huh. until it does, and then that's a conversation that you can have. But, like, a- asking trans
0: people about their... Genitals, Mm -hmm. it's none of your business. Well, genitals shouldn't be a conversation that anybody has with a stranger, anyhow. No, unless we're
1: going to be physically involved with one another.
0: Behavior like that. I remember not too long ago at work, um, we have one or two customers who are going through a transition, and this older guy uh, found this topic endlessly fascinating. And he was, uh, this is back when you could allow more than one person to destroy at a time. Oh, yes. Okay. And just kept asking him questions, uh, starting with, are you one of those men turning into a woman? And the fact that this person was able to engage with the other character. Yeah. Because I, I don't remember their name. Uh, and trying not to be really upset or yeah. rude about that. But and there was a certain like... point when it stopped and became just rude. It's rude. It is
1: rude. Yeah. I don't ask you about your genitals Mm -hmm. because I have respect for you as a human being,
0: and 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 it's none of my business. I can respect that to the extent of going, hanging out with a friend and waiting in the queue for the washroom at one point at a restaurant um, slash bar and having people interrupt me in line and ask me what race I am. Which I used to get a lot. Why does that? Right. What? <laughs> and, and the conversation was two... But what are you, though? Two people talking to each other. Hey, we were just wondering what you We've are. got a bet. Right. And I, <laughs> I didn't understand for the life of me. It was a couple. and They probably had a little bit too much to drink. That they seems right. So I could have to come up and have this conversation. But for the, every two people who talk to me about it, there are other people who can't figure out what I am and feel it's really You important. are ethnically. Right, but feel it's really important to come up to a complete stranger and just start asking questions about what they're thinking. Yeah, I'm a
1: person who you don't know. So why is this? The
0: way that I'm, and I feel often in dealing with people, especially in the transgender community, in interacting with them, it's um, the way you're presenting is the way I'm going to accept you. Yeah, I had a coworker uh at one of the the, the facilities which will remain nameless and mm. was also presenting female and it was irritating hearing how some of the younger people talked about her behind her back because they were very appreciative of the changes that she was making and supportive in front of her face but behind her back they weren't the same they were saying something different And I was disappointed because this is a different generation. These were young people in their 20s. Yeah. And so for the outer acceptance of it, well, isn't that a little weird? Should she be working with kids? That was one of the ones that really bothered me. Oh, my God. Um, And as a result, I had sort of a prickly relationship with this particular person early on. Because I think that she knew about my background and my convictions and my religious convictions and all. And didn't know exactly what to make of working with me. So at one point, we're working together on a student that needed, you know, complete supervision. And he was saying all sorts of things, um, the student. And uh, I said, hey, you need to be appropriate. You're speaking in front of a lady. Watch your language. And then she just became my pal. Like because, because you it's like, no that he and in a way I suppose it is bad because that's still heteronormative that's, behavior. That's it is heteronormative behavior. But, yeah, the, the fact that because mm.
1: guess what, my ovaries don't shrivel up <laughs> yeah. when I hear yes. Uh, but the
0: fact you know, that I'm recognizing here's a person who this is the way that she's presenting and this is the way that she wants to be recognized. Yes, and part of that is accepting at least part of the role of. I'm a woman, and it's yeah. appropriate for a guy to say vulgar things in front of me, right, so it was like you know, and and we, we you know unfortunately, she didn't stay there much longer, but I felt like that that uh that crossed a barrier there right to sort of
1: well, yeah, because yeah. I think when people hear that somebody is religious or a person yes, of faith and that's
0: wrong there, <laughs> that's so there, sad. but
1: there is yeah. instantly a wall of protection that needs to go up, uh-huh. and hopefully this. Ba- this ban or uh-huh. this this call for a ban is going to be a- helpful in softening the need for that wall right. and hopefully you know tearing it down
0: entirely eventually but i want a second move you know i don't want the automatic assumption gonna uh, it, it from a person is going to be i can't talk to that person because they're that way i, I wanted there to be a second step where it's is he one of those about right? But
1: you have to also understand, understand that women, I mean, it's the same reason that women don't want to get into an elevator with a man right. that they don't know because mm-hmm. you want a second chance to be to prove that you're a good guy. But if I give the wrong guy a second chance, I'm yeah, dead. Right. Now, so you,
0: you know my story about that, too. yes, of
1: course. And um, you know, and there's yeah. race implications to all of that and, and everything, but. But women don't, women and, and trans um, people and uh, people of various uh, sexual persuasions who have been largely targeted in the past right. often don't have the luxury of giving Amen. a second chance to people because often when that second chance is offered without reservation, mm-hmm. it ends in brutality. Yeah, And
0: so... I just don't... And this is coming from a person who, uh, I don't know if we brought this up, in this particular program, mm. who's practiced martial arts for most of his life, mm. more than I haven't. Yeah, I don't
1: point. i don't know it's, that it's, we have talked about it on this right. show.
0: But the idea that resorting to violence because you're uncomfortable just seems bizarre to me. Um, I don't understand just the need that that person's sexuality, that person's race, mm-hmm. that person's... Choices, and the way of dress makes me so uncomfortable. I have to physically act out against them, and I—that's I, not always what's happening. Right, but because, it is a thing that happens. But it does yeah. cross that bridge to where mm-hmm. you physically are laying hands on somebody yeah. for whatever reason, and I don't understand what makes what the motivation is that makes you cross that.
1: I think largely barrier. Is a, is a part of the motivation is part of the motivation towards or that that uh, leads a lot of. Uh, women to be brutalized, which is that the person doing the violence mm-hmm. loses the ability to see the other person as a person. Yeah. And something is disjointed in their perception. Yeah. And that leads to violence. Now, I'm not saying that's okay or good or right. No, but no I think you're that just that's, giving me a Because re- I, I think that's I honestly part of it. It is a. What bridges that gap? It, it is some sort of. And maybe that's a thing that I want to believe that they, mm. that the people who are capable of this brutality are incapable of seeing that person as a human being, yeah, as an equal, as a person for whom they can empathize, or with whom they can empathize. Um, Now, I also don't kick dogs, even though I don't see them as people, I treat them as living creatures that deserve respect. So, maybe, in a subset of, I'm going to say, primarily, the males of the human species,
0: Mm.
1: there's something missing in the brain that indicates another living life, or, you know, another thing with a life is worthy of respect and empathy. <laughs> like this, like, I guess I, like I said, even if I don't see another living thing as my equal, quote-unquote, right. um, or the same type of living thing as me, I don't think it is brutality-worthy. Yeah. And these that's, people that's often the,
0: do. The and step where because I, I, I can understand crime to a certain extent. I can understand mel- mental illness leading to violence. Sure. Um, because confusion or, yeah. Or, or there's a motivation I need to eat, I don't have any money. Right. But that whole kind of, desperation that person's black I have to get them <laughs> that's the part where I'm wait, wait yes what yes Or that man is wearing a dress therefore we have to go uh, kill him um, yeah what on earth yeah is what makes that jump so that you can do and in
1: here I don't want to kill um, anything right let alone a human being
0: yeah um oh no you've seen me I take spiders out of the house I don't so, I don't, uh, yeah, I, I it's, don't it's, um, it's
1: a it's a foreign
0: mindset to me yeah
1: and I want to understand it to the best of my ability, but I also don't want to understand it so much that I am in there yeah. with it. Like it's a it's a place I don't want to empathize. Like I don't want to get to the point where I'm like, Oh yeah, that dude wearing the six million wasn't enough shirt is Yeah. I get yeah, it. Okay, I understand. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I want I'm not that I don't down. want that. <laughs>
0: right? No, but I mean that's the guy that where I can bridge my eyes going. No, that was mm-hmm. so repulsive. It's hard to me for for me to believe that anybody would even make that, much less somebody would wear that.
1: Yeah, somebody somebody made it, right. and then somebody, somebody purchased it. it. Right. Yeah. No, he didn't make that, that on his cricket remember, at home. Remember, right. Yeah. <laughs> like. Yeah. So and 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 that is a person I don't want to. Reach across the aisle, too.
0: Yes, uh, that's something I've increasingly become aware of, is that I don't don't know that, because part of my faith is that everyone can be redeemed. But also part of that, for me, is recognizing I'm not the person who needs to do this. No. I, I think that I need to be able to just present... Another part of the conversation, and that if that reaches and that doesn't, if not, there's somebody better equipped to reach into that mindset and mm-hmm. go, "This is what's wrong." Yeah, because that uh, that amount of anger and hatred directing towards, and I see this a lot when I watch conservative hosts. Mm-hmm. I, I remember um, watching uh, Tammy Lauren. You really don't like her, and just saying, "Why is <laughs> Why is Barbie so angry at everything?" And she is just furious at things. yes well she time. she portrays herself to be so and it's the the same thing with Matt Gets and Ugh. some of the others yeah are really angry about i'm not sure exactly what. about what because all, none of them are
1: in what i would call a targeted class right
0: and so i don't they
1: understand they are so mad that they're not victims and the that came they've made them themselves victims. Themselves, yeah,
0: it's very strange. Anyhow, that's another dark conversation. But thank you yes. very much. Yes, that was interesting. I'm very glad that this this outreach has happened, and I'm, I'm glad that we won't be seeing the, the or that we'll be seeing a change in the dynamic. It just takes leaders, actual leadership, actual leadership, actual to, leadership, right. To change the dynamic and change the direction of I mean And you saw when
1: Obama changed his mind mm-hmm. on gay marriage. Right. How fast the nation followed. Yes. It, well, was,
0: it, it was marked. And it was, it was incredible. Really and because he was a black leader. Important as a black man, you know, to start, change the dynamic in that community too. Yes. Yep. And have an open conversation. Even though there had been great black gay spokesmen, it mm-hmm. needed this guy who was in the public eye. Yes. And well loved and recognized,
1: and who had spoken out against right gay rights, and then realized
0: right
1: oh wait these are human beings who deserve the same rights I do. Right. Wait wait a minute, <laughs> what were we saying in the sixties? Yes,
0: exactly. It's the same. It's yeah. the
1: same. So yeah, it's uh, it's important, and so we thank them. We're evolving. Next up, more on creationism in The More You Know.
0: Last time, we discussed the importance of dinosaurs and the relative lack of importance of modern-day birds. The topic came up when we discussed creationism. Now we can talk about what creationism is. What is creationism? Creationism? Qu'est-ce que c'est? Good question. <laughs> I just wanted to say that. I... <laughs> I've watched a lot of views lately. Good question. Is a great response. Creationism is the belief that all the elements of the natural world were created in their present state by a supernatural or divine force.
1: So now, something went poof and here we are. Desk, yes. chair, bed, all of it. In our
0: existing form
1: even though somebody definitely made this bed out of other things.
0: Now, that's not entirely true of all creationism or the way that people define it. There, are more than one, there is more than one kind of creationist belief, according to people outside of the belief system.
1: Wait a minute. So people outside the belief system looked at the belief
0: system and then striated it? Well, what they did is that they classified some things which wouldn't technically fit under the banner of creationism. And I'll explain that in a minute. Okay. So, young earth creationism is typically what we think of when the subject of creationism comes up. Is that the 6,000 year thing? Yes. They are biblical literalists. They're likely to quote scriptures more than scientific journals, and that's because it really exists as an evangelical tool. Are
1: scientific journals, I mean, not that I'm sitting around reading scientific journals Mm -hmm. on the reg, but are they poo-pooed? In this mode of thinking, would you not? Would you be, would you be driven away from not necessarily no? Because they're
0: looking for the gaps that provide fuel for their argument. Okay, okay. Uh, To them, the Bible is inerrant, which is a claim the Bible has never made for itself. (laughs) There was a literal Adam and Eve who lived in an actual garden in the Fertile Crescent. Fossils are animals buried in the roiling waters of Noah's flood. All fossils. Almost all fossils, um, not all fossils, hashtag not, all, hashtag
1: not okay. all fossils.
0: Young Earth creationism maintains that the Earth is actually very young compared to the accepted scientific view. Yes. The general scientific consensus is that the Earth is more than 4 billion years old, an idea arrived on after testing the very oldest rocks on Earth and some of the rocks from the Moon, which is an astral body of similar age. Young Earth creationists find fault with the methods that uh, scientists use to test the age of rocks and fossils.
1: Now, do they find fault in that they have alternate ways of testing, or do they have fa- find fault in the "nah" uh well, kind of is, way?
0: The way that we generally find out of the age of objects, very ancient objects, is by measuring the radioactive decay yes. in that object. Radioactivity decays at a fixed rate, so it seems natural to measure things that existed for a vast period of time that way. They find fault with the methods. They find fault with the testing. It's actually but similar to what's happening politically. There's just an alternate fact.
1: So they just, not in, not here's the flaws in your methodology, no. but more of a, nah-uh. Well, it's both.
0: They're <laughs> going to point out what they believe are flaws where um, radioactive testing uh, produces false results and then use that as a standard saying, well, going forward, we can see that there are mistakes made with certain kinds of testing. Okay. So all these animals that we see fossils of are animals from a relatively recent development. They believe that the Earth is literally about 6,000 years old. I feel like they've always believed that the Earth was 6,000 years old. I
1: feel like 6,000 years ago, they were also like, the Earth is 6,000 years old. <laughs> so,
0: as to the question of dinosaurs, because the book that I'd read that i mentioned in our last uh, podcast was written by a young Earth creationist. Um, yes, there were dinosaurs, and the Bible mentions giant creatures that roam the Earth as it described in the closing chapters of the book of Job. Now, that in itself has always been a mystery because um, we don't know exactly what these giant animals are, that it describes, it describes two of them. Um, the behemoth and the leviathan. The leviathan, in my personal opinion, is Godzilla. Apparently, Vegeta. he's a gigantic aquatic animal that's impervious to weapons and breathes fire. Yeah, that's I Godzilla. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Um, but the idea generally among biblical scholars in the Old Testament is saying that it's referencing mythical animals that people in the, in Judge's time would be aware of. Like Quetzalcoatl. Well, yeah. Quetzalcoatl was real. But, for instance, we often mention things like the Hydra or the Chimera, which are characters from Greek mythology. Right. That, or the Minotaur. We still use those terms right. Cyclops. We don't necessarily believe that they exist, but we can claim that, you know, we have a knowledge of them. Even an awareness, if I told you what a Cyclops is, you would know, even though we both know that there are no such things.
1: Cyclops was supposed to also be a giant, right? Yeah. Not just single-eyed, but yeah. also a giant. A big guy with one eye. Big dude, one eye. Got it.
0: All right. So that's the young earth creationist. The period of of biblical day, day of creation, is literally 24 hours. How this was arrived on when there's no actual sun or moon until the third day of creation in the biblical uh, account is a mystery. Gap creationism is a similar construct, but maintains that the book of Genesis teaches at least two different creation stories, and that could account for the age of fossils. The space between the first creation in the opening of the book of Genesis and the latter creation, and that's separated only by two separate verses... Yeah, it's, they're
1: back-to-back, they're back, but yeah.
0: there are two. I know, I have brought this up to Jehovah's
1: Witnesses before.
0: It could very well be millions of years, and the first creation might have been populated by dinosaurs and animals that perished before the second creation. This idea is actually very popular among evangelicals because it's less extreme than the young earth creationism. The gaps in the biblical texts, they see it as measureless eons of times, and that accounts for the age of rocks, strata, fossils. Got it. The two remaining constructs, as they're listed, uh, intelligent design and theistic evolution, are similar. And the... Let's see, how can I put this? And they are the beliefs of many of the faithful who are more scientifically minded. That's what they accept. For them, there's nothing wrong with the idea of evolution, but they do reject the idea that it is random. All the evidence, in their opinion, points to a massive intellect and will motivating the progression of living things. The roots of this idea predate Christian thinking, as far back as Aristotle. He argued this.
1: There must be an immortal, unchanging being ultimately responsible for all wholeness and orderliness in the sensible world.
0: This idea had become part of Christianity because uh, of how it was used by Thomas Aquinas in his Five Ways a logical argument for the existence of God, a causal, ch- a causal change. Excuse me, a causal change can be accidental or essential. As Aquinas thought, the universe was set in motion by the actions of a prime mover, including the last two concepts. With creationism, seems a little dishonest. Intelligent design and theistic evolution don't represent creation, as we think of it. They're more of an inspired or motivated evolution. And they're not much different from the evolutionary ideas of scientists in general. If a person does believe in God, he has to believe that God is present in all things that exist in the world. So if you are not a person rejecting, if you're not a young earth creationist, or if you're not a gap creationist, then you are a theistic evolutionist or, you know, in that way, or believe in some form of intelligent design. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: uh, the intel- intelligent design always comes back to the banana thing for me. I, do you know the banana the banan- thing? I'm not aware of the okay. banana thing. Okay, so I'm going to talk to you now about the banana thing. Okay. The banana, th- the, the, okay, so the banana argument uh, was put forward by a man named Ray Comfort, mm-hmm. and I'm going to read it to you.
0: Oh, good
1: God. There's a. It, <laughs> is this is the full transcript. There's a video. All right. It's fine. Behold the atheist's nightmare. And he's holding a banana. Now, if you study a well made banana, which presumably would be all bananas, <laughs> but that's fine, you'll find on the far side there are three ridges, on the close side, two ridges. If you get your hand ready to grip a banana, you'll find on the far side there are three grooves, and on the close side, two grooves. The banana and the hand, the human hand, are perfectly mm-hmm. made, one for the other. You'll find the maker of the bean, banana, Almighty God, has made it with a non-slip sur- surface. It has outward indicators of inward contents, green too early, yellow just right, black too late. Now if you go to the top of the banana, you'll find us with the soda can makers have placed a tab on top. So God has placed a tab at the top. Now when you pull the tab, the contents don't squirt in your face, You'll find a wrapper which is biodegradable, has perforations. Notice how gracefully it slits over the human hand. Notice it has a point on top for ease of entry. It's just the right shape of the human mouth. It's chewy, easy to digest, and even curved toward the face to make the whole process so much easier. And he's talking to Kirk Cameron, so I'll just stop there. Now, here's the problem with this entire argument. Uh Of course, the banana is intelligently designed by human beings for ease of eating. A wild banana is a ball. It's difficult to open. It's poisonous. You cannot eat it. <laughs> but we have, through sele- artificial selection, not mm-hmm. natural selection, we chose the best bananas and then seeded them with other good bananas and then made this fruit that mm-hmm. is perfectly suited to human eat. Um, so on its face, the argument doesn't
0: well work. It <laughs> does work when it's argued by Thomas Aquinas and not perhaps by Mister Comfort, who made a mistake with it. Um, Aquinas's argument is actually really interesting, and it does date back to Aristotle. So this is a part of even pre-Christian thinking, mm-hmm. um, and it was such an interesting argument that in uh, the God delusion. Richard Dawkins' attempts to deconstruct it and can't, and he kind of creates a straw man argument that he then goes forward with.
1: I will give Dawkins this. Uh-huh. When, when Ray Comfort went to him, mm. he was like, mm-mm, I'm not, mm-mm, you're dumb. Well, no,
0: it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> However, I would present, I think, a better example to me has always been the stick insect. That one always baffled me. Like, Why does it look so much like a stick? Why so that it... it
1: doesn't get eggs: Exactly,
0: but <laughs> in, its, in its mimicry is so incredibly complex. Yes. That, but that also does...
1: snakes that mimic other snakes that right, are exactly. poisonous,
0: that aren't poisonous. In order to survive. And mm-hmm. so it, there, there are much better examples that don't involve humanity. I think That's the issue the thing. is that yeah. it creates this sort of notion that everything is created for us, which isn't even the biblical account um, uh, uh, or interpretation of the book of Genesis. And what do,
1: what do especially the young earth people believe about like Neanderthal?
0: Uh, they don't believe that it exists. Now, when I was reading the, the books and materials, some of which were provided by Jack T. Chick, remember him? Mm-hmm. Um, My favorite. <laughs> the idea was that, uh, and it was an idea that came from back when the Neanderthal was first discovered. And there was an idea of this horrible kind of hobbling, shambling creature that uh, originally it was a German soldier with rickets. That was the fossil they found. They went so far as to say scientists deliberately um, deliberately faked some fossil finds. And they point out at least one occasion where scientists did fake a fossil find, not because they wanted to convince people the, the the reality of evolution, mostly because they wanted a fossil find and it fell in the same category as sticking the wrong head on a Fossil and calling it Brontosaurus,
1: there right. was
0: that kind of thing at one point. So again, what they tend to do is find examples that support what they want to believe, and then run for it. Right. The creation, uh, what, the Creation Science Institute, I believe, I keep forgetting what the the current manifestation of that organization is, um, seem to be full eight full time researchers looking for evidence that supports their proposition. That's not... That's not how it works. That's the opposite not exactly of what science. you're supposed to do. Um, but I think it's really... When I was reading this, you know, editing this last night, and obviously you can see from the shabby editing that I didn't... I was having more fun digesting the ideas than um, than actually uh, doing the research on what these particular groups believe. Okay, that's fair. Um, I think that... What I was swept away with is the acceptance of the fact that I moved from something I didn't ever really believe in young earth creationism or gap creationism, but being a religious person, I really have to believe that some sort of motivated change happened in the world. I don't believe that it's created for human beings, though.
1: See, that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. very...
0: Not ethnocentric,
1: just human-centric. I don't know. Homocentric. Yeah, maybe. I guess. I guess that would be... Um, maybe one of the or sapien-centric uh, um, to believe the banana is designed for me to believe that yeah right. e- everything is designed for
0: humans and that's yeah that that's where it seems ridiculous I don't think that uh, the original or, or rather than the book of Genesis human beings are made to uh, originally be sort of gardeners of the earth and to maintain it Um so, I think that, yeah, the, the hu- first human occupation was a gardener. So, uh, according to uh, the Genesis... And a zookeeper, right. kind of. And there, they, there are, to the... speaking to the gap creation idea, there seems to be at least two or three different beginnings of the world that happened in the book of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And what it seems to be is that there were... A, a number of ancient manuscripts that they that the editors just included whatever it said. There's in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out formed and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Stop. Then another creation cycle. God said let there be light, which follows the creation of days and it ends with man and woman, he creates them. Mm-hmm. Stop. Then another story about how God creates woman from man. mm mm-hmm. Uh, to be, and that third story is the one that everyone has the problems with Um, the second story is the one that is the version that people would have scientific problems with because it sets up these days of creation Uh, but the
1: and the term day is
0: a problem (laughs) um, and the the third version of the story is the story where man has dominion over everything over all creatures and over women and also introduces the fall of man, which doesn't exist in the other version. The other long version doesn't include anything about the origin of evil or where it comes from. And it appears that the editors of the scriptures in the very old days just put together all of the versions of the story. And you were free to see whatever, you, whatever whichever one appealed to you. But I think it actually was a good stroke because it, it gives you the impression that they were people who were very... Um, very, They were preserving a culture, and they were very mindful of that. And so they're pre- preserving all the versions of this story so that people can read them and understand that they're separate threads from where this culture comes from. And because of that, it seems really strange. For instance, the Gap creationists essentially are investing a great deal of faith in what amounts to uh, editing technique by mm-hmm. ancient authors. This is now where your scientific faith lies in these people who just decided to include every version of the story.
1: I just wonder, you know who I'd like to... There was like, who would you like to have dinner with? Mm-hmm. I would like to have dinner with the founding fathers uh-huh. and the people who wrote the Bible and right. just get their input on how we have decided to take their words um, as...
0: That I mean, literal gospel, right? I think the, the...
1: And what they would say about right. how seriously we need to take every single thing that was written down.
0: The people who, even the people who edited the Bible, were priests. However, before that, the persons who took down the accounts were often scribes and literal shepherds. You know, if... if Back when everybody was a shepherd, that's <laughs> the only job you could have. If you um, took those ancient biblical heroes, you'd be seeing a bunch of dark-skinned, very sinewy, possibly smallish people with very fierce looks in their eyes. They have, especially the Old Testament. There's less of a respect for human life because it was so cheap back then, and um, and so they tended to equally be shepherds and soldiers. I don't even think it was
1: cheap. It was also like. You had to have a bunch of babies because right. life is life hard was and they're going to die. And yeah,
0: you were faced with disease and and human being was still prey for animals at that point. That's something that you get in the very old books of the Bible when you're reading through the books of Judges. People occasionally get eaten by bears and lions. Whoops. That's a thing that happens. Um, so, the idea that these sort of fierce nomadic people with their hard brown faces and their their raw bone that they in any way would have any relation to the the sort of soft, civilized, quote-unquote, people that adore and worship them. They would have no connection for communicating. And even the way that they believed in God would be different. I've often had that feeling, what, what Jesus looks like as opposed to what Jesus is. And I think of when we were for our other podcast watching um, a really awful movie, in my opinion, *The Last Temptation of Christ*. Hmm. And here you had a Caucasian kind of—he uh, seemed to be speaking with a Brooklyn accent. I didn't get it, <laughs> and he was very kind of. Well, when um, you hire Willem Dafoe, right? Get Willem they, Dafoe. And I, I mean, what are Dafoe's you going to do? Actor. This is not the best <laughs> job for him but playing this very kind of self-loathing, very insecure Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the Jesus of the Gospels is this ferocious person. Well, but also, uh-huh.
1: it was being written by people who really believed in him, so yeah. they're going to leave out the stuff that you don't I,
0: want remember. Well, one of the things that you do get from the Gospel narrative is this person who is just impo- just amazingly charismatic, who seems to be really intuitive and you don't get any of that in the popular picture of Jesus? Jesus made people uncomfortable all the time. Um, that was part of what he did. This is the but anyhow, yeah, that's an interesting conversation that we should have, because I'm curious, I would be curious to see what, what modern Christians, if you set Jerry Falwell and Father Abraham at the same table, what would happen in that interaction? Hmm.
1: Well, I mean, I don't mean necessarily all at the same time, but I'm just like, let's ask these people whether or not we should be adhering quite so strictly to the words that they put on the page that
0: day. Yeah. Or even St. Paul, which is one that's always been a bone of contention with me. What Paul wrote essentially were letters to people, and his moods changed, and sometimes he writes these elevated lovely things, and other times he's just kind of mean and cranky. but. I don't think in any way, shape or form, he intended people to be reading the letters he was writing to church leaders 2000 years ago and taking them as the absolute the way that you should structure your faith today. Yeah. Guide for, you know, he's probably would say to you, I was writing to the people in Corinth, not to you. I was writing to the Romans, not to you. So yeah.
1: That brings us to the end of this week's episode. If you liked it, please subscribe and leave us a review and share it with a friend.
0: We have an internet home, withoutworkspodcast.com. Our show notes and links to stories we talk about can be found there. We're also reachable at withoutworkspod at gmail.com,
1: on Twitter at withoutworkspod, and on Facebook by searching Without Works Podcast in the search bar. All those links are also on the website, so go over there and have a look around. I've been Amity, and he's been Lemuel, and we urge you to stay in and do something good. <laughs>